Broadcasting live from Business Radio X, it's time for Coach the Coach. Welcome to Coach the Coach Radio. I'm Lee Cantor, and this episode is going to be a good one. Today we have with us Catherine Hosey, and she is with Powerhouse Coaching. Welcome, Catherine. Uh, Hi, Lee. It's good to meet you. I am excited to learn about what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Powerhouse Coaching, who you're serving, and uh, what are you doing? Well, uh, I've been coaching full-time for 18 years. I work primarily with men in leadership roles that are going through transition. And uh, what that looks like is a combination of transitions. It might be midlife transition. It might be the transition we've all been experiencing uh, the last year or so. It uh, can be career transition. So that's that's what I've been doing. And I, I also work with women, but my primary focus is on men. So how'd you get into this line of work? Were you always kind of as a kid, were you the the person people came to for advice and uh, maybe some hard truths? Gee, uh, that's a great question. Um, I, I noticed from the age of 15 that I was very discreet and that people could trust me because I started to notice how I could keep important secrets at a pretty early age. And I think that the discretion is really important that people feel safe and that they have um, a safe person to speak to that um, that they that is trustworthy. Um, I found that my father started encouraging me to uh, look into personal development when I was eighteen, and um, then when I was about thirty three. No, let me think. I was about thirty one, thirty two when I first found my own coach, and um, he was tremendous. And I realised that. I enjoyed working with him so frequently, like I I would love the sessions and I thought I just want to be on the other side of that desk where I can actually be doing this all the time because I just love the process. And I became his uh, his protege and I did my first training in 2003 um, and they just have been continuing to educate myself since then. So it was a long time ago and... uh, but, but I, I really love the work, Lee. I, I had taken a while to find the right thing that I wanted to do with my life and then when I found it, it became really easy to commit to it and and I've stayed committed to it because it was the right thing. Now, what was for you, um, what was kind of the the uh, event or maybe the reason to think about coaching rather than maybe therapy or a consultant? Like what, how did you kind of discern, okay, this issue is probably a coach one, this isn't a, maybe a, a therapist one or this isn't a consultant that I'll hire to fix some problem. How did you kind of differentiate each of those kind of platforms and land on coaching? Well, I've never been asked that before. Um, the, uh, there is a couple, a little bit of a backstory. You know, in uh, around about the early uh, noughties, I started reading about coaching and I remember having a sort of a pretty disparaging attitude toward it. I thought, why would someone need to have, at that time what we were talking about was life coaching and I thought, why would someone need to have a life coach? It seemed to me to be pretty redundant. Um, so I had some scepticism and doubts about coaching, but then I actually was going through a career transition myself. I just returned from living abroad and I was working out what I wanted to do next um, and I was going through some personal changes as well. Um, and uh, a friend of mine said, you sound like you need a coach. And I was like, I'm not interested in having a coach. And then she said, well, you should go see him because his first session's free. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, I'll go and see What do I have guy. to lose? Right. <laughs> what have I got to lose? <laughs> anyway, I came out of that first session with this guy and I had greater clarity than I'd had in years. Um, he went on to become my mentor. And as I mentioned, you know, I became his protege. And also I became godmother to his daughter. So we had a really beautiful, you know, friendship. Um, and I also became very good friends with his wife. 
Um, so to me, it was just a suggestion. Someone said, you sound like you need a coach. And so I wasn't actually trying to scout around for different options at the time. It was just presented. And I'm, I'm really grateful for that, for that lucky accident. It was uh, just serendipity. Now, do you find that your clients are going through that same type of kind of um, skepticism or are they are your clients at this stage in their career, people who already get coaching and they kind of buy into that methodology? Well, I like both. Uh, there's a combination. Uh, I really enjoy the people that come with a degree of skepticism. I can normally tell right away. Um, and I really love the experience of having them realize whether it's, you know, um, rapidly or whether it's over several sessions, just how transformational and um, profound it can be. Um, I, I do like the challenge of uh, helping people understand that I am there for them. I don't have any agenda. Uh, and, and then many, many people are referred to me, Lee, and so almost oh, 80 to 90% that come, people that come to me have been referred by someone else they know that they trust and that they admire. And so that really makes, um, that really makes it easy for me to have their trust from the beginning. Now, how uh, I find referrals in this business fascinating because I would think there are some people that like to keep this hidden, that this is their secret. This is maybe their superpower. They don't want to let other people in on it. And then other people are kind of loud and proud about, hey, I got a coach, you know, like how did, why do you think that is from maybe psychologically, what is the driver where some people, I don't, I don't want to say it's shame because I don't think that's what it is because if it was truly shame, they probably wouldn't be doing it to the extent they are. But some people yeah. don't brag about it and other people do brag about it. Yeah. Um, I'm really enjoying the questions you're asking because they are, they're fresh and, um, I definitely see that some people, I might work with them for really like have long relationship with them and frequently people come to me and then we have a long relationship and that they go off and then they come back six months a year or I've even had one uh, guy come back 10 years later and, and we picked up and, and um, continued to move forward. Um, so sometimes the, the relationships can be very long even though the coaching parts of those relationships might be six months, nine months, one year, whatever. Uh, but some people never tell anybody and other people absolutely broadcast it. I've got a few beautiful people around me right now that just tell so many people and they have a great network. I think it's um, a couple of things. One is some people are just more private than others. Uh, some people like to do their work and not share it. Um, you know, I, I tend to be more of a private person by nature, um, and um, which people don't often realise. Um, other people have... A, a really growth mindset and I'm thinking of um, a couple in particular that love the work they do on themselves and love the fact that they get better and better and they um, are also really generous in that they they share names and they connect people. Some people are natural connectors and they like to put people together that can help each other and I find that they're often the people that have got the richest networks themselves um, because people want to then give back to them. Um, which which I do with the people that share my name. I'm always super looking out for them um, because there's that desire for reciprocity. Yeah, I, I find that to be the case as well. I, I'm just uh, always curious because some people are just have, I don't know, maybe it's luck. Maybe they have better luck. Maybe their clients are more generous and, and are kind of more uh, share their 
information. And then other folks just never get that where like they're a best kept secret. And it's frustrating from the coach's standpoint that they're not getting that kind of organic growth from happy customers, even though the customers are happy because they keep coming back, but they're not able to, I didn't know if you had any kind of advice for those folks that maybe were trying to get more referrals, but they hadn't figured out how to do that. Is there anything you can recommend a coach doing to kind of uh, prime the pump or make it easy to be referable? Yeah, that's a great question. Some people, I think it just doesn't cross their mind. I remember, you know, you're taking me a long way back here, Lee, right back to like 2004. Um, but I, I used to, in the very early days of coaching, um, and I don't do this anymore because now I, I just feel as though if people want to refer me that they will. And if they don't, then I don't want to, you know, um, have that expectation on them. But I would, um, in the olden days, say to people, if you give me five names of people that you actually think that want to hear from me and that you've actually told um, about me, then I'll, I'll give you a free session. And that just, it just feels really um, kind of uh, old to me now, but I guess there are some coaches out there that are still wanting to grow their practice. And there was uh, one woman um, who really stood out to me. She just used to share me with so many people. Um, and she was motivated because she was also able to do her coaching, you know, um, on, on the back of that without having to pay for it because of the amount of referrals. So maybe, maybe saying, oh, you know, if you refer, for example, one person to me or two people to me or, or five in those days, um, you know, I'll give you a session um, as a gift. That, that could be an option. I also think people just don't think of it. And even saying, you know what, my business is built on referrals and so when you share my name, that really means a lot to me. And I also let clients know just the amazing, amazing network that has been created. Like I work with people now that I can literally trace back to someone I met in 2004. I started in 2003, but the relationships and the family tree or the thread that's been created um, and who's connected to who is connected to who. Um, so people often don't realize just how those connections can be really, really valuable. So now let's talk a little bit about what it's like to work with you. Um, what does that first session typically look like for a new client? Yeah. Well, the first thing I do is normally have an initial consultation. If someone has basically gone online and they've filled in like just a brief questionnaire, um, if it looks like it's a good fit, then we have an initial consultation. And that's basically me finding out about them and where they're currently at and what they're wanting from their coaching and then making a decision about whether we're going to move forward together or not. Um, but once that has actually um, been done and we decide to work together, there's a few things that I like to look at in the first session. Um, and one is where they primarily um, where they primarily are in transition right now. You know, are they at a, a, in a period of endings? Are they in a neutral phase, which is the space between the endings and the new beginnings? Or are they actually in a new beginning? Because people have the assumption when they come to coaching that they're in new beginnings but frequently they're in um, endings, which is where how do we tidy up where you've gotten to so far? How do we get the learnings of what you've experienced and what you're springboarding from? Or they're in that neutral phase in between of, you know, where are you at right now in terms of clarity around what you want or not? And so helping them define where they are right now really helps them clarify, okay, this is what's appropriate for where I am right now. But the most important thing I like to do in the very first session is clarify what their personal values are. And they might be in really strong leadership roles. They might have been um, successful for years, but they might not actually know what their values are. And so the more a person understands what their actual core values are as a human being, 
the better it is for their decision-making, the more they can define their leadership philosophy, the more they can actually understand when things are working for them or not. Um, I want to give you an example of how this might show up. I'm I'm working with a leader right now who's, um, you know, he's later in his career. He's probably around 50, um, tremendously successful. And the work we've done, he recently said to me he was having to make a very big uh, career decision uh, for the organisation. And he said, I really don't know, Kate, how I made these decisions before I started working with you and understanding what I truly value because he said it was just so easy and organic because now he understands himself more. So that's where I like to start with clients um, in the very first session. Now, do you find that if a client really doesn't have a clear true north, then it's difficult for them to make some of these more uh, complex decisions? Absolutely. Because what tends to happen is if people don't have a true sense of themselves and their own true north, they tend to be disproportionately dependent on what's expected of them. So they become more inclined to be influenced by others. Um, They tend to become more uh, wanting to do what others are doing uh, rather than actually defining themselves. So there's there's a lot of work done on adult development. And um, there are two levels of mind that are coming to me um, in terms of adult development when I share this. But the first level of mind is a socialised level of mind, which is where we are saying to ourselves, you know, how do I fit in? What are the rules around here? How should I lead? How have others led? What was the previous CEO like? What was the uh, what are the other team leaders doing in this organisation? Um, whereas the higher level of mind is self-authored and the self-authored level of mind is when we can say, what do I care about? You know, how do I make decisions? How am I going to basically come through consistently um, according to the things that I value and believe are the highest good um, and show up that way? So when we work with values, it might feel like a superficial thing, but it's actually also helping people shift to a higher level of adult development. Now, have you had a situation, and maybe you can share, I obviously don't name names, but a situation where maybe the client came in with a, yeah, this is my values, and then maybe after time you said maybe those aren't your values, maybe these really are the values that matter most, mm-hmm. and then and that enabled maybe kind of that aha moment, that light bulb moment where they're like, hey, maybe I have been on a, a, a path that really hasn't been as productive as it could be. Gee, that's a timely question. Uh, you've given me goosebumps. Um, I had that situation with someone just last Thursday. It's now Monday. And uh, we were in our second session and I decided to come back and dig a little deeper because I could see that some of the things that this fellow was valuing were actually counterproductive and limiting him. And um, during the session, he, he literally said, he said, I can't believe how quickly you've helped me get to the root of the problem because what he was valuing um was no longer constructive. It was a coping mechanism from earlier in life. And it it was going, it was actually limiting his ability to show up and be useful in the world. So very frequently, Lee, um, I love to honor people's values. Hey, what are the ones that, you know, that are non-negotiable? Um, what are the ones that are needing to be kind of uh, refreshed? Um, And and what are the ones that are starting to emerge like tiny shoots coming through? You know, it might be a value around strength. It might be a value around, okay, I'm starting to value more um, 
you know, a sense of ethics, what, you know, what's important. Um, I might be starting uh, to value more the quality of the relationships I have in my organisation, so finding out what's also emerging. The thing, the final thing I want to say on this too is um, there's something, people often talk about post-traumatic um, stress disorder, but there's also this thing called post-traumatic growth. And very frequently when people have been through something traumatic, it may be, for example, um, something that happened in their organisation, something that happened to their career. It might have been, um, you know, uh, uh, some public exposure that they've had. It may have been a divorce. But normally when people have been through some sort of trauma, there can be a degree of post-traumatic growth, and that also includes what's the reshaping of the things that you're holding dear? How are your values shifting as a consequence of what you've just been through? So sometimes they change because, uh, because people have gone through something. Well, and, and um, I would imagine that like you're, when you're dealing with people when they're going through transition, transition is not something that happens once. I mean, aren't pe- people having transition throughout their entire lives? Oh, they are. They are. I find that there's normally, um, there are normally some particular points where it's more uh, impactful. That is when they have been through, uh, for example, a great success and normally I, in the past, I would find that normally people would come to me with um, a certain sense of life transition in their late 30s. It would normally kick in around the age of 37, 38, 39. If they weren't addressing it, it would normally weigh heavily on them. They would start to feel inauthentic because they were needing to change, but they weren't sure what was going on. And so um, so that was often where I would meet them. But as I've found, I, I moved to the Bay Area about four years ago, I think about eight years ago. And I find now that there are a lot of people that reach that point at a lot, um, a lot earlier in their career because they've they've made a lot of money and they're still in their twenties or they're in their early thirties and they're already starting to say, well, I've I've been successful, but what do I actually want to do with my life and how do I want to create meaning? Um, so, and also it can come like later in people's careers. You know, they may have been through something. So, I find that we're always transitioning, but the really that felt sense of damn, I don't even know where I am anymore. That's often the most um, beautiful time to to start coaching in terms of finding out. Okay, what's going on? What have I learned? Where am I at right now? What does this mean to where I'm heading next? Yeah, it's when you're when you're dealing with people who feel untethered. It's um, they're very vulnerable, whether they want to admit it or not. And um, it's a great opportunity for growth. Absolutely. And the thing that I find, uh, this is one of the main reasons I work with um, men, Lee, is uh, very frequently people think there's something wrong with them. And they, men in particular don't tend to have as many people to share with. They might have, you know, some men I work with have wonderful groups of friends and uh, people around them, but so many men I work with don't have anyone else that they can talk to. And so they go through this period thinking it's just them and that there's something wrong with them. Um, and I find it very gratifying to help them understand there's nothing wrong. They're completely on track. Um, what they're going through is perfect. And if they can just work it. Um, and that's what I find so satisfying, being able to give people that uh, that comfort in knowing that what they're going through is part of their life journey and um, the relief that that brings. And, and that it's okay to give themselves some grace. Oh, absolutely. And I, I love the word grace. You're absolutely right. So if somebody wanted to learn more about what you're up to, have more substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, what's the website for your practice? 
Um, my website is powerhouse, P-O-W-E-R-H-O-U-S-E dash coaching.com. Well, Catherine, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you, Lee. Thanks for the wonderful questions. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Coach the Coach Radio. (laughs) 